So how often have we discovered something about someone we know, only then to find that other aspects of that person suddenly fall into place? Ah, so that's why Fred never wanted to get on the boat. He didn't know how to swim. Why didn't I put that together a long time ago? Or we find out that a couple we're friends with have decided their marriage is unworkable, and so they've begun the painful process of divorce. All of a sudden it makes sense. The tense moments, the tear-streaked face when we dropped in unexpectedly, the less and less frequent outings as a couple. I should have realized what was going on, we scold ourselves. Or we find that someone has experienced a deep tragedy in their past, and the flashes of understanding and compassion that we've seen cross their face when others experience similar tragedies, well, it all finally fits into the bigger picture. I always knew that there was something about her, we say as we look back. I imagine the disciples went through this very process of piecing things together in the days after Jesus' death and resurrection. Can you imagine how disoriented they must have felt? It had been a long and confusing ride from leaving their day jobs when Jesus called them in the fourth chapter of Matthew to standing on a mountain with the risen Lord in the 28th and the last chapter of this gospel. Everything in between was an awful lot for them to wrap their minds around. There was that day, as they traveled through the district of Caesarea Philippi, when Peter finally got the answer right. Who do you say that I am? Jesus asked his followers. You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God, Peter blurted out with all the impulsivity he was known for. And then Jesus blessed him. From then on, the road to Jerusalem was punctuated by the times when Jesus told him that he would have to die, a prediction that fit nowhere into their understanding of what it meant to be the Messiah and to save the people of Israel. There were all those parables about being ready when the master or the bridegroom returned, and then the long, difficult week leading up to Jesus' crucifixion, the trial, the betrayal, the death so difficult to watch, and after it all, when hope was nothing but an ember left over from a flaming fire, the news that Jesus was alive, and then the shock of seeing him standing right there in front of them. On this side of the resurrection, it all made perfect sense. I can imagine Peter saying to James and John, Do you remember that day Jesus took us up to the top of the mountain, and we saw him there with Moses and Elijah? Do you remember how his face shone and how scared we all were? It didn't make sense, especially when we got to Jerusalem. But you know, even though I didn't talk about it, I never stopped thinking about that day on the mountain. Even when everything seemed to be falling apart, somehow that image of Jesus with the shining face and those words from the cloud, they stuck with me, and I never completely gave up hope. I believe the transfiguration was a gift to the disciples. Dismayed as they were that Jesus was predicting his own death, bewildered as they must have been about what this meant to the kingdom movement of which they were a part, the transfiguration was a reminder of who Jesus was and is. It was an image that would stick in the disciples' minds and hearts throughout the tough time that lay ahead. They would know that the one who dies on the cross 
is nothing less than the Son of God. And as confusing as this juxtaposition of the transfiguration is with Jesus' death on the cross, only the two together can speak the full truth about Jesus. I suspect the memory of that day on the mountain never did leave Peter, James, and John, even in the hardest of times. I suspect the glimpse of God's glory that day on the mountaintop helped them to later recognize that same glory in the valley, a glory manifested there in walking a path of love, service, and faithfulness, even if it led to the cross. See, Jesus didn't leave the disciples to come down from the mountain on their own. He came down with them. Granted, he looked a little different on the way down and in the days to follow from the way he looked up on the mountain. He was no longer that dazzling white spectacle they had witnessed for a brief second. But even though he didn't look the same, he was the very same beloved Son of God, with them on the mountain, with them in the valley. And looking back, the disciples would realize that the glory of God had always been there in Jesus of Nazareth. They just hadn't always recognized it. In the Silver Chair by C.S. Lewis, part of the Chronicles of Narnia series, Aslan tells his friends and followers this. He says, Here on the mountain I have spoken to you clearly. I will not often do so down in Narnia. Here on the mountain the air is clear and your mind is clear. As you drop down into Narnia, the air will thicken. Take care that it does not confuse your mind. And the signs that you have learned here will not look at all as you expect them to look when you meet them there. That is why it is so important to know them by heart and pay no attention to appearance. Remember the signs and believe the signs. Well, we too have mountaintop experiences. They are our transfigurations, the places we have glimpsed the glory of God, the times that we have seen God revealed in our own lives and in our own experiences. I believe those times and places are a gift to us every bit as much as the transfiguration was a gift to the disciples. They give us strength and hope during the hard times in our lives. They help us know that Jesus is always right there with us, even though we can't see him quite as clearly as before. They are, to use Peter's words in our epistle reading, lamps shining in dark places. Today, we baptize Pippa and Charlie. This is a transfiguration moment. As we pour water over their heads and make the sign of the cross on their foreheads with oil, we see the truth underlying all that is, the truth that they and we are children of God. The truth that they, as well as the entire world, are cradled in God's heart. And this is the deepest truth of all. But they can't stay here in this mountaintop experience forever. Charlie and Pippa have, we hope, a very long life ahead of them. Full of all the beautiful, painful, joyful, sad, excruciatingly hard, and carefree moments that make up a human life lived in the valley. And in the midst of it all, there will be times when the air is thick and cloudy and it's hard to see clearly. There will be times when they forget who and whose they are. And it will then be our job as their church family to remind them of this day and of the deepest truth of who they are. 
dazzling and beloved children of God. It will be our job to hold this truth for them until they themselves learn to recognize it, even in the darkest of valleys. This is really the role of the church in the world, to be a reminder that each and every person is a child of God and to proclaim this most loudly in the valley where the air is thick and we can't see so clearly, to be light and hope and love in places of poverty, war, prejudice, suffering, illness, incarceration, unemployment, deportation, hunger, and fear. May our own transfiguration moments glow so brightly in our hearts that we can find the grace and the strength and the courage to be for others such lamps shining in dark places.